you are listening to Life in Lockdown with me, Jasmine Allen. Episode 6, Sophia. It's Tuesday the 28th of April and it's just gone 10am and I'm talking to Sophia today. Um, Sophia is in Ely and she is the owner of Ely's finest independent cafe, the Samovar Tea House. So hi Sophia. Hello. How are you doing? Good thank you, yes I'm just um, having a cup of coffee and I'm really looking forward to having a chat to you today. Fab, well thank you for joining me. Um, as I already mentioned, I'm a big fan of some of our tea house. I think you were one of the first to to close on the high street. Do you want to tell us a bit about that process, Sophia? It feels like a while ago. Yeah, you're right. I think we were maybe one of definitely one of the first um to do that. Uh, so it was it was quite funny really because we obviously were watching this situation develop, but you know, it was still kind of contained um in parts of Asia at, at the time mm. and we decided to renovate the cafe um, because there were some some sort of desperate things we needed to do because of getting very very busy and we simply felt like all of our staff were kind of on top of each other in a very small working space so we decided to sort of um, expand their working space so they could funnily enough be a little bit not so you know, near each other, which is quite funny in hindsight uh, with the yeah. social distancing. Um, so we spent about two weeks doing that. So we were closed for two weeks um, or just over two weeks and we made a lot of really good changes all the time, kind of watching this situation develop. And then it was a couple of days before we opened, I think, that Italy things there were were sort of heating up and that was... Um, I think when the WHO declared that Europe was now the epicentre of the um, pandemic. And so we had this very strange moment where we were like, OK, we're we're ready to open. We felt like we didn't really know what was going to happen, but we had a, a sort of idea of it. Yeah. And we took lots of measures to uh, make sure we were as safe as possible. You know, we sort of told our customers that there would be kind of delays between getting them sat down because we were disinfecting everything, including the chairs, you know, anything that anyone had handled. We were really bumping up all of our um, procedures. And then I think it was the, it was sort of that weekend. So it was three days. And then suddenly, I think that's when the government suggested to us all as a nation to try to avoid pubs and restaurants, etc. And I just had this feeling of actually this is going to get worse this is going to become serious and uh, we took the decision to to close there and then um and I'm very very glad that we did because you know our space is very small and it gets very crowded you know you have people queuing you know we have such a range of customers as well in terms of age in terms of health I would say um it just felt like it it could contribute potentially to to our staff being ill, to you know everyone just potentially um, carrying it through the through the population, the local population. So it just it just felt like the right thing to to do at that moment. And I think it was either a week or two after that that the government did actually say, please don't open. 
yeah in terms of where we live I think yeah you guys kind of led the way um I'm sure that I visited pubs and restaurants in that two-week time that you were ahead of everyone and right and felt guilty about it afterwards but hadn't quite realized how quickly um it was going to blow up and um yeah part part, part of the problem like we all have been sometimes un, unwittingly so how long have you been running Semivar? Um, it will be eight years in November. So um, yeah, it's kind of a long, a long time of having the shop. Yeah, as a, as a cafe, and the time has really gone very, very fast. And it's sort of, I know we can all say it; it's very obvious, but I never really imagined that we would have to suspend uh, our operations due to something like this it's just mm-hmm. you know in the past we've all heard of um you know the, the threat of pandemics and it was always sort of you know it's going to happen you know when it happens not if but then it's suddenly it's real now so it's quite a funny thing that's happened in the timeline of, of us having the business um yeah it's something that none of us were really prepared for I mean you know I, I work in a museum yeah. and um we have emergency plans and we have all of these procedures in place but pandemic isn't really (laughs) in that list of things that you you prepare for and I'm sure that is going to change after this I mean hopefully this is a once in a hundred year occurrence and it won't happen in our lifetime again but I do think that um organizational planning is going to really change as a result of this as well as insurance policies um I'm sure you came up against the same kind of problem that we did that business interruption um, yeah is is not covered and you know that's been a national issue yes. it's not covered by this pandemic because it was a new pandemic yes not on a particular list <laughs> yeah that's been very frustrating and it feels obviously very unfair but yeah, yeah I think you're right I think there will be a lot of changes to to how businesses maybe prepare for certain things um you know, but there is there is really only so much you can do in preparation. And, you know, it's it's very similar to when we've been told as a business to prepare for Brexit, for example. It's it's actually a very intangible thing you're trying to deal with because you don't know how it's going to go. I think it's like with swine flu. Obviously, that was pre Sabavar. Um, yeah. but I'm just trying to remember what was the what the general mood was and if were businesses worried I don't know it kind of came to not very much in the end to be honest right now if you were to ask me what would be in my plan mm-hmm. I'm not exactly sure what I would do differently yeah you know because there are so many things that are out of out of one's control when Apart from stock sanitizer and yeah. some other kind of things like that, it's hard to know what else one could do. Definitely. I think, you know, the, the biggest thing is to financially prepare as much as you can. Mm. But, you know, that's that's not a, an option for everybody. Yeah, presu- presumably every day that you're closed, you're, you know, you, you're taking an enormous financial hit. And at the moment, um, yeah. I don't know if you have any income coming in through the, through the cafe. Are you doing any online um deliveries or anything so we suspended that for a while because we did start at first but we felt like it was not very safe going into post offices to be honest Mm -hmm. um 
we tried it, but we were actually quite frightened by the lack of social um, distancing measures. And we just felt like people were sort of in our space, even if we didn't want them to be. And it just felt like a huge risk to take. Um, and we did look into some couriers, but I think there was a bit of a disruption to them being able to pick things up. So yeah, at the moment, we are looking at a plan of how to, to start up a little bit um, with getting products to people. Um, but we have to feel super safe. So yeah, at the moment, we, we're not taking an income from from the business um like so many other businesses are you able to access any of the support packages that have been launched from national Mm -hmm. or local government yes so it's a bit of an ongoing thing um because the communication hasn't been i think as good as it could have been uh with the local council and um i think it's a very everyone that i know sort of in different parts of the country are having different experiences um, of, mm-hmm. of this sort of communication because obviously there are grants available depending on your size of business and business rates etc um, so that is something that we should be receiving in the very near future um, but it has been very difficult to access it which you know we're we're okay I think that's that's not going to affect us very badly that there's a delay but I do feel very, very worried for businesses who are still, you know, paying their rent for their businesses, some of their commitments that they might have, you know, they might be waiting for their grants and, you know, they they might be deciding whether to try and not pay their, their house rent or mortgage. Um, they might be making a decision whether to pay those things or their shop rent based on, on whether this grant has come through. So I think a lot of people are in very precarious positions with their businesses. And I think this is a time when actually we really do need to protect all sizes of business because they are crucial parts to the economy. So we want them to be there again when things are safer. Yeah. So are your staff team on furlough? Yes, they are. Yeah. Yeah. And were they generally quite happy with with that? Oh understanding? yes, yeah, they 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 definitely were. And you know, I I want to do as much as I possibly can for them. Um, you know, we just don't know what's going to happen long term, and it's it's quite an emotional thing because you know, I was thinking about this. I work with these people every day. I see them more than I do my mm. my close friends. You know, in their lives have been completely changed by not coming to work every day and that's a yeah. huge thing so you know they need to be financially supported um sorry that was my dog firing her ball has got stuck yeah all, all of the all of the ball playing in the background <laughs> just, just to clarify that you're not bouncing a, a ball no while that's we not happening <laughs> um so yeah I just think Obviously, the the government do have a really huge responsibility to to step up and help everyone out now. And you know, on, on in some ways, that is that is obviously beginning to work. But we have to see how long this is going to go on mm. for. 
that's the bottom line yeah and I totally know what you mean about um you know your your colleagues your your team um all of my team are on, on furlough as well apart from me and, and the finance officer and and it's really strange right? like I, I do miss them and, and it's something you take for granted because every day I mean like you we're open yeah. panel all the time usually it's really really bizarre um being closed for for such a long period and for not mm. not see these people and, and not to even go into the building because we can't even get access wow. to our building but I'm keeping in touch with with um that's good a few of them and um there's one team member who I really look forward to our kind of coffee chats on a Thursday and we've, that's we've done that weekly um and, and I'm aware that they're kind of self-isolating on their own and and you know um I'm in a privileged position where I've got yeah. other people in the house and, and it's nice to catch up. Yes, that's a really important um, thing. Mm-hmm. And I think that's that's definitely what I've been trying to do. In fact, we have begun to do quite a funny thing, which is on a Monday night. I don't know how it came about, but we started to do a buddy watch of every new episode of Killing Eve. But we all dress up as the characters. <laughs> Okay, so I need to understand this. Are you watching it at the same time, second by second? How does this work? So what we've been doing is on Zoom, we choose a time to meet up and then we literally say to each other, three, two, one, press play. But <laughs> it was it was so funny yesterday because someone's internet connection got really bad. Um, somebody, something happened where they they went ahead of someone else so someone could see this cliffhanger bit of the program before everyone else and she was just like waiting for our reactions it was just really really (laughs) funny and I think it took us almost two hours to watch the whole episode but it was so much fun it's something that would never have occurred to me to do before lockdown and we're all finding these new things and and it's weird socializing through interfaces like that so hang on I'm still trying to understand this you've got the tv on but you've also got a laptop or a phone where you're looking at each other on Zoom. Pretty much. That's intense on the eyes. It, yeah, it's pretty intense. If you've all got a sort of similar sense of humour about it, then it's quite fun. Um, so I had my laptop that was playing the programme and I actually had Zoom on my phone at the same time, but I sort of propped my phone up and we were all sort of, you could see everyone in their costumes and... Um, it was just like a bit ridiculous. I mean, I really want to see photos of this, but um, I'm just impressed that you managed to watch like an hour long programme in unison because we can't even work out how to sing happy birthday in unison. <laughs> it sounds so awful every time. <laughs> those moments where it goes wrong is what makes it so funny. Those those funny things we've been doing, has been they've been a real highlight, I would say. Um, are you missing customers? Yes, definitely. Um, yeah, it's been it's actually been quite sad not to see them because obviously we are not socialising with them because you know they're they're our customers. We don't know necessarily their names sometimes. Um, yeah. we might not even know where they yeah. live. We certainly might not be attached via any social media. Um, so I do kind of wonder if they are okay in a way. Um, and. Mm. You know, I really, I hope that they're all coping and they're finding a way of, you know, finding joy at this at this time. So yeah, I definitely definitely miss them and think about them a lot. 
because you must work what most days a week how many days a week are you in the cafe um it really varies actually sometimes I I can be there a lot sometimes it's not too much so obviously it's a big part of my my waking day Whenever you go into the cafe, there's always people there. I mean, is, is your life suddenly much quieter? Than yeah, I'm at home with Lizzie, my partner, and Sparrow, our small dog. Um, so Lizzie also runs the, the cafe as well, although her, her job is very much behind the scenes. Yeah, it's one of the funny things is the cafe is so loud sometimes when there are plenty of people in there. It's like a really lovely hum of chatter. And I realised that it's been a really long time since I've experienced a lot of silence or quietness. Mm. And that's happening now. And I have to say it's a good thing. I think it's, you know, it's, it's actually probably quite cleansing in a way. But it is very strange um, on the occasions when I do have to go into Samovar to, you know, maybe check some paperwork or do some admin stuff. Um, it's quite funny to go in there and it's just sort of silent. It's, it's really strange. I think I went in um, a couple of Saturdays ago. So, you know, on any normal Saturday, it would be heaving. There'd be, you know, a queue sometimes queue out the door um you know it's very very exciting there's a lot going on there's lots of chatter there's lots of lots of people and obviously it was like lunchtime on Saturday and it was just empty and the street was empty and it just felt very very bizarre very unusual I'm sure apart from all of the admin associated with having a business closed that you're not sure when it's going to kind of reopen again um you must have a bit more time than you did before are you keeping to a routine what are you doing in your day yeah I think at first I was sort of waiting somehow maybe it was a bit silly but I was sort of waiting for the dust to settle I just had this feeling of okay at some point the dust is going to settle and I'm going to get into a routine and of course, I think, mm. you know, just from my perspective, that is not something that has just happened. I've had to, in a way, instrument that. I definitely had, I think I had one day where it was almost like the novelty of not having anything to do after working for many, many years very hard. Um, I think I had one yeah. day where I decided to just not get dressed and it felt really really strange I think at some point I did get dressed but it was just more the novelty of that and I remember I went online and um basically we decided that it'd be really good to to grow more of our own food not in a particularly panicky way like we think there's not going to be any food but it was more like we had the time yeah we had the time there's something so wholesome about about it um you know, watching something grow from a seed, it's it's so basic and it's a bit miraculous. And I didn't grow up being used to those things, whereas Lizzie did. So for me, it's, it's quite novel. Um, so she's been really amazing at, at getting things growing and I've been helping a little bit as well. We, we did the same. We used to have an allotment um, before we moved oh, to, to Ely and um, it's something we haven't had time 
to do yeah. at all since we moved here um, but we did get a few seeds and start growing things but really sad story mm-hmm. I said the courgette plants were ready to go outside before oh. they were and the stems snapped and I felt really sad because I'd killed that's, them that's really sad it, it was devastating oh, no. and it's all my fault so I'm going to have to start again I killed two courgette flowers and I actually feel like it's, a murderer yeah that's the thing that I'm so scared of making those really big life and possibly death decisions for the plant so I don't really get involved in that bit so it can't really be my fault so that's my suggestion for you (laughs) I need to take a back step yeah got it that's basically it (laughs) and and baking you've been doing some baking online right yes that did happen live baking that's right so tell me tell me about this the thing that I've been doing is just deciding to bake a cake and it was actually one of my neighbours, who's um, a good friend of ours, who decided it at first, um, because she has two children, and obviously they're at home, she's she's homeschooling them right now, and I think we sort of joked that maybe I could do their cookery class, so um, we we set that up, a few other people joined the next time a few more people joined and I think I've done it three times already and it's been actually really fun and it's quite a funny thing because I never bake at home in terms of cakes I just I just don't do that um because it's my work and this may be shocking information but I am not and neither is Lizzie we're not like huge huge cake fans (sighs) You heard it here first. Yeah, I think because I, I think I'm a bit saturated basically by cake. So at home, I think I'd rather have like a bar of chocolate or something that I maybe haven't made. So I'm very unlikely to make something like a Victoria sponge or some scones at home. So it sort of has been a bit of a learning curve for me because I'm using a different oven. It has been really fun and people have actually followed along very well and made things that look really really good okay so you're narrating and instructing and making and they're joining you and making the same that is that is it that's that's a really nice shared experience yeah that everyone gets to enjoy the results yeah and it's been it has been very light-hearted and fun and it's a way as well of at the same time catching up with people you know, I managed to have a chat to various people and some people I hadn't really spoken to for quite a long time as well who decided to join in. And, you know, I've said it's open for people, even if they don't want to bake at the same time, they can just watch. So mm-hmm. they, you know, know how to to do it when they come to making their own cake or just because it's interesting to, to watch someone baking, I guess. I will be setting up another one at some point. I've asked people to give me some suggestions the kind of things that they would like to make um so I have to to think about what the next one is going to be but yeah you must have your own flower supply as well which is quite well the funny thing is about that um so a lot of food businesses like mine go to big wholesalers for getting things in bulk and before lockdown just before we were reopening for those three days we went and stocked up on some sort of cake ingredients so I have certain things in bulk that I've been able to just keep um but I'm quite low on some things um and I have been going online to 
to get them um but every yeah i think everyone is is kind of doing that now um i'm sort of excited that so many people are choosing to bake their own bread and make their own cakes you know i think that is good in a way if it means that people are learning new cooking skills i just have this feeling that a lot of people are being quite brave at the moment and sort of delving into making things really from scratch and I just think that's going to carry on afterwards and I think that's that's really good I think that's a positive a positive thing that could come out of this yeah I I haven't been baking right. um but I did brew 20 liters of my own I beer. saw that that is that's another level to be honest it's quite intimidating yeah I'm it's impressed. it's like the, it's like the making a sourdough like it's very intimidating at the start because yeah. you're really worried about the yeast mm. and the fermenting and you don't really understand yeah. anything but then you just have to kind of follow your intuition yeah. and stick with it. yeah it's no I think that's wonderful and I think because it's quite a process like things like making sourdough bread it takes ages to do it mm. and I know that I sometimes won't start something new because I think I might not have time to do it and I don't know if that's the same with your beer yeah. making yeah totally it's something I've always yeah. wanted to do and just never found that's the so time good. no I think that's wonderful the wonderful thing about living at this time is that there are so many resources there are so many people who can give you advice on things like making your own sourdough starter um fermenting things baking all of this kind of thing and I I found that really invaluable so it's it's really good to have that technology right now to to help you I don't know if you did that with beer yeah no absolutely I mean it, it was infuriatingly yes. a lot of YouTube videos of American men wearing combats <laughs> and baggy t-shirts um so there's a market yeah. for kind of women YouTube brewers oh well company. there you go maybe that can be your next project <laughs> <laughs> let's hope I don't take on too many new projects yes there is always that danger I have to say it sounds like you're doing really well and not minding at all being fairly confined at home yeah, I think I I have been surprised at how okay we are feeling. We definitely have, you know, dips as as usual. It, you know, there's a very very strange feeling that can come from from coping, which is this contradiction of the fact that you're coping. There might be parts of it that you're really enjoying, but you know that what is going on outside is horrific and there's a lot of suffering and it's that's quite a a hard thing to balance in a way um but I'm really surprised at some of the things I thought that I wouldn't be able to live without in inverted commas um I mm. thought that I would be very very desperate to you know to go to a restaurant or to go and have a cup of coffee um, that kind of thing because Lizzie and I you know one of the things that we really do take a lot of enjoyment from is you know maybe having a drive to Cambridge having a nice walk around because it's so beautiful um, then going and having like a cup of coffee and you know a slice of pizza like a, a Romy or somewhere like that and we've just discussed quite a few times how it doesn't feel it doesn't feel too bad it feels like we miss it but we don't we don't 
feel as as bad as we thought we would I guess I don't know if you you found that there's something like that that if somebody had told you right you're not going to be able to do this thing for a really long time I mean it won't surprise you that it's the pub so um when the pubs all closed I was like oh wow okay this is serious and oh my god this is going to be so bad um <laughs> fortunately we have quite a well-stocked cupboard at home um but yeah I, I miss the informal chats with people I don't always yeah. know in the pub um and, and I miss that but I'm also worried that I'm now so used to just talking to my wife and yeah. dog <laughs> and not many other people that I won't be able to engage in these uh, casual chats I, I mean I look looking forward to it but I also think it will be weird it would be weird to be yes. in a communal space with people because I haven't done that for quite some time now and the longer it goes on the weirder yeah. it will be I think you're right I think a lot of us are imagining how we will feel and it's so difficult to know as well but we I think people are very resilient I think my hope is that we will all get back to those good social norms of um, wanting to to see people and interact with people but we will have this amazing hindsight of this this legacy um, of, of kindness that a lot of people have, have shown so I think it is going to it's definitely going to be interesting it's going to be different for sure I, I don't know I mean I think it's funny because we we had some neighbours who moved in a while ago and we would we introduced ourselves they're really really nice um we don't we didn't really get to know them very well but we've kind of got to know them from a from a distance very safely through this lockdown because it's been really nice we've kind of left each other you know a slice of cake sometimes um we've seen each other sort of from a distance and and had a a quick chat and you know I feel like I know them better now and I feel like that is going to be something that carries on after lockdown you know I hope that we do you know have a cup of tea together sometime so it's I think there must be so many lovely stories like that as well where people have actually got to know people better absolutely and the community kind of looking out for Mm. one another and and helping each other all the community groups which has been great and I've been really impressed um with all the businesses who have managed to adapt their usual practice to to do delivering like the, the the veg deliveries and you know um business owners like you who were leading the way from the start um making things safe as safe as they can and and then taking decisions on behalf of all of us that weren't easy to do that mean you lose out um but were the right decisions so um thank you for that and we can't wait to visit some of our tea house again I guess we don't know when you're going to be open you know it can only really happen when it's completely when it's completely safe and if that's at the same time as other people or not I just don't know Mm -hmm. but our main priority is keeping our staff and, and customers safe and you know we will adapt in some way but we really can't we can't wait to have you back we can't wait to to see all of our really lovely customers well, we we look forward to that day yes just watch our social media for, for updates and and things i would say fantastic well it's really nice to chat to you sophia um thank you so much for taking the time out of, of your oh not day. at all thank you it was really really nice to chat to you as well take care thank you bye-bye
Life in Lockdown was presented, recorded and edited by Jasmine Allen in Ely. The intro and outro music is taken from a song entitled There Will Come a Day by Emma Cooper.